rumor spreading round in that Texas town. About to shack outside again. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you wanna go to that home out on the range. They got a lot of nice girls. Huh? You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And we're playing ZZ Top LaGrange because the... Because, because they got a beard and we got a bearded one yeah, on the phone. Although we don't know if he's recently shorn. Hey guys, I was rocking out. I've been rocking out. You guys cranked that ZZ top up. I was jamming here in my office, man. I don't fear the beard. Brett Kiesel. Hey, Brett, how you doing, bro? Oh, it's great to be in the locker room again with my guys, my beef boys. Uh, you know, it is such a joy to have you. You are always an upbeat guy. One of yeah. the things that we loved about you and your play was the joy and uplifting of the energy around you. You and Aaron and some of those guys on that defense, you guys just brought a special energy to the football field. And I got to tell you, um, you, are, you and uh, Aaron are, are some of the, my favorite modern-day yeah. players because, you know, we're old guys. Uh, we, we love you, Brad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Tunch and Wolfie. You know we love you, too. And, uh, you know, there's a certain standard, as Coach T likes to say, when you play up front for the black and gold. And, uh, you know, it was an honor to be able to learn from, you know, men like you and, and our forefathers up front. You know, you go back to the curtain and right. and all those guys, you know, there's been a standard of excellence. And, uh, you know, it was great to be able to add a little slice to that as well. Hey, Brett, uh, uh, you know, what I loved is when you get a sack, you draw the bow. <laughs> where, where did you get that? Well, you know, growing up a, a hunter and I grew up shooting an old recurve, that was the first bow and arrow I got, you know, and I had a quiver that I could put around my my back and you pull an arrow out of your back and fire the arrow, you know, and so that's what I just tried to emulate, you know, launching an arrow up into the fans. It was almost like launching that sack up to the fans like <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the beautiful thing about it was the crowd would get behind it, and then it just started like a, a self-feeding thing. The, the rest of the defense would get in on it, and, boy, it was really fun to watch and to see you guys. What a defense you guys had when you set the NFL uh, least amount of rushing yardage, giving up and everything. All that defensive work together, those guys, they were special, were they not? Well, it came from our leader, you know, old Coach LeBeau, and he really brought a game of of, of rough-agains together. Uh, <laughs> you know, just some hooligans that right. 
that came from all over. We were drafted in all kinds of different rounds and all had different skill sets, but he he always uh, had a way of bringing us together, and we, we so much love coming together and working together every day. It was a treat to come to work and, and compete with guys that really – held you accountable, really knew that we had potential, and we all just held each other accountable and loved competing together. And when you have that combination and you have leadership that you're willing to bleed for and leadership that you listen to and and know that everyone's best interests are together, you know, you can do great things. And it was just a special time, and it's, you know, hard to believe we – TP, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame, like that defense was amazing, you know, and Troy was such a catalyst to it as well. So uh, amazing to be a part of it, guys, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Brett, uh, we played for a coach that coached uh, John Mitchell. You know, when he was with the Birmingham Stallions, uh, Raleigh Dutch was the head coach, and Raleigh chewed us out and treated us like uh, redheaded stepchildren. Uh, And uh, uh, Mitch was the same way. (laughs) Yeah, Mitch was rough. You know, Mitch Mitch knew that that he wanted to test you both physically and mentally. He knew he had to have a strong player, one that could take on double teams and be able to – push the offensive lineman backwards. I'll never forget the first time he told me, like, when I was holding my ground and I thought I was doing a great job just holding the line of scrimmage. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm on the line of scrimmage. He's like, you have to take him backwards. If you can't take him backwards, you will not play for me, and you probably won't play in this league. And I couldn't believe that, you know, I was a lighter guy kind of when I came in, like 280 or something like that. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be able to, at the snap of the ball, drive a 350-pound beast backwards, you know, on a run play. But with technique, and I watched you guys mentioned Aaron Smith. He was so great at driving them backwards and getting his hands on you first so your momentum is going backwards. And watching and learning and then i kind of developed you know the frog stance and those types of things that those guys love to give me heck about but uh it was all just working you know and paying attention to your elders and people that do it the right way and and working at it now i gotta ask you something because there's rumors right you had the the you had the 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 pull the arrow from the quiver and shoot an arrow up in the stands is, was your thing. But there's rumors that you even left the, the arrow hunting later on. You just hunted bear with a switch when you got older, when you got bigger, <laughs> when you got – is that true? Did you go out and hunt bear with a switch? It's interesting. I just got back. I, I kind of wanted a challenge, and I – my buddy and I, you know, we decided we wanted to go to Alaska. So in September, yeah, I spent 14 days in Alaska on wow. an unguided trip floating down the river. And we, were, we weren't hunting bear, but we were in bear territory. We were hunting moose. But uh, it was an amazing trip, the toughest hunt of my life. We kind of shorted on food and stuff we thought we'd get a moose early and be able to uh eat on it but that didn't happen it was tough and tough weather but 
you know, living in a tent and kind of out there in the middle of nowhere, it's humbling. And, you know, you get into nature <laughs> and, and, like, you realize you're pretty small. And, uh, you know, it was great to feel that. And then later I got my bowl. And, and uh, so it was an amazing trip. And we'll see what's next, Wolfie. Well, the interesting thing is you you did it right because you probably took a guy that you can outrun, right? Because you only got to run faster than your buddy, right? <laughs> you know, that's the first rule in bear country. <laughs> you go with one guy, you just got to make sure you got one little step ahead of him, right? <laughs> All right, now I got to ask you about something because you got a, a thing going on epics you uh there's a you, you're involved in a number of things but you were at the uh, last game yeah and yeah. Uh, i think you interviewed chaluch here right and uh you, you came on up and, it, and what so tell me about what you're doing with nfl films well it was fun it just kind of dropped out of the sky uh they reached out to me and asked if i'd be interested in going to the game and kind of giving a behind the scenes you know, of Heinz Field, as well as our fans, even with the limited number of fans. And, and then, of course, we heard about Chaluch uh, the week before, so I, I definitely asked if there would be a chance we could talk to him, mm -hmm. and we did. We got to, you know, ask him about what, what he's going through and, and what's next and how we can help and things like that but it was awesome to be in the stadium i walked outside and there was a beautiful young lady wearing a 99 jersey it was like a gift you know so wow. i snuck up to her and i was like what are you doing wearing that jersey <laughs> and it was fun to talk to her and then you know just getting to talk to some other fans that were in in the great hall and ask them about the traditions of of how they came to be steeler fans and and where they're from, and, and you know, there were whole families kind of together and, and talking about watching at Three Rivers when their dad took them and a rainy day and the ice bowl and all these, like, amazing memories that they've passed down through generations of Steeler games. And uh, it was just fun, and then getting to watch the game and obviously the ebb and flow of the game. Uh, I was chest bumping the guys that were in the suite next to me. <laughs> like, it was fun, you know. Did you hurt anyone? And we didn't crack any glass. Luckily, <laughs> oh, good. I was like, I'm going to get a bill for cracking this glass because we hit it pretty hard. But, you know, and then uh, they'd followed me on – social media and saw you know my my bulls up at my farm bull cower and uh, dick the bull and they kind of wanted to get some images of them so i i gave them a tour of the farm too where's your where's your farm uh brett is it a ligonier yeah it's no it's out kind of by seven springs oh wow man oh so, man. yeah you go out you know off of donegal and tuck back into the wilderness back there and and, uh, yeah, it's uh, a slice of heaven. I love going out there and, and taking the family, and you kind of unwind a little bit. And, you know, it's quiet and, and peaceful, and you see, you know, I've seen bears and fishers and and uh, bald eagles, and, you know, we fish and, and kind of live the country life. we got the cows out there, and, you know, I plant and harvest and, we do our own hay, so it's it's awesome. It's kind of how I grew up. Oh yeah. So what what kind of animals do you have uh, over there? Right. I have Texas Longhorns and uh, 
Black Angus, and you better believe maybe next crop we're going to have to have Tunch and Wolf. You know, I like to name my, my cows after the guys. <laughs> so uh, we got Big A, you know, for Aaron Smith, and uh-huh. Hampton's up there, and Elsie, and, and uh, Mean Joe, and uh, <laughs> who else we got? Of course, Dick LeBull and Bull Cower. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, uh, Brad. Uh, you donated uh, 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 a cow to Light of Life, and uh, when you went there, everybody was uh, uh, very impressed with you. Did you did you uh, did you get the loving and uh, <laughs> with, with with the uh, cow? Yeah, well, the, I wanted to give something back. I know you're. Uh... You guys are are big in helping others and with Light of Life and, um, you know, had a way of of helping feed people that are hungry. Mm -hmm. And um, I really love my beef. uh, (laughs) There's some that, yeah, we do eat and my family eats and I share with with others. I share with my teammates and with, you know, friends. And and I wanted to share it with you, too, and and the people down there that needed a, a good meal and and something that was healthy and would make them stronger. So it was awesome to be able to do that, pal, and loved. Uh, we'll have to do it again. They loved you, uh, Brett. They, uh, uh, everybody that was there loved you. You know, that's well, the beautiful thing. it's a great thing. place, and, you know, you think about that. You know, I got a big belly. I, I eat all the time, and <laughs> there's not everyone gets that luxury. So it's nice to be able to give back. That's the interesting thing about it. Why is it that you reach out? Why is it that you give back? That is really something. Yeah, you. you I are... find that very, very intriguing. And, and we got to talk, of course, about your work at Children's Hospital, Hospital and the mural. But you, you have seemed to taken on that role of giving back. Yeah. Why so? And then the, uh, the beard. I think it's the feeling I get. You know, right. like when I took the beef down to Light of Life, and you see the people that are so appreciative and. And they reach out and they tell you, like, how much this meant and how many mouths this is going to feed. And, you know, I, I've had those type of interactions for forever out here. And, uh, you know, I, I try and really key in on them because big moments in my life, times when I do feel selfish and times when I might be angry or upset, Something has happened in my life that showed me that, you know, someone else probably has it a lot worse than I do. And uh, some way that's happened, and it's been, you know, I've been able to recognize it. And so trying to help, you really see people when they talk to you and uh, interact with you, how grateful they are and how much of a difference it made. And that just makes you feel so good deep down, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, addicting and you want to feel it more. And that's why I just continue to try to help. Well, it's a beautiful thing. And one of the beautiful things you've done with your life is over 10 years, you were doing a sheer de beard where you would grow your beard. Of course, everyone remembers, uh, you for the big beard stuff, but you would go and raise money for children's hospital and they recently put up a mural, did they not, of you at Children's <laughs> Hospital? Yeah, it was uh, just a couple of days ago I got to go down, and they showed me this mural, which I had kind of no idea they were doing it. They just asked 
if I could come down and, and see something that they've been working on. And I walked in, and they had this whole wall basically taped like a present. Wow. And I was like, what in the world? And uh, I looked it over, and, you know, I kind of immediately could see there was stuff behind it, like lettering and my name and whatnot. And I just I got emotional because I remembered – the 10 years and the 10 beards and the times going into the hospital, rolling through there, whether it was like Camo Santa, which I did around the holidays. (laughs) Camo Santa. That's awesome. (laughs) I said, you know, my sleigh was, my sleigh was pulled by grizzly bears. (laughs) (laughs) But what joy you brought. Unfortunately works for the red guy, but my, my sleigh was uh, grizzly bear driven and, and, uh, it was great to give kids presents and talk to them, you know, just about something different than what they were going through. And that's all I've tried to do when I went into the hospital is give them a little reprieve of of the fight they're in. And they've really inspired me, you know, the families and people I've met on the toughness and the uh, oh, the the willingness to just fight adversity no matter what's thrown at you, regardless of anything you did. I mean, these kids, they're just living and get hit with some type of news like this. They just got to fight it, and it's tough. But they inspire me, and so it was amazing to see what they did. And now kids, uh, this is on the ninth floor of the cancer floor, cancer ward and oncology. And uh, when they go by there, you know, they'll see these other kids that – that fought through it and went through similar things that they did, and that there's a bearded camo Santa that's got their back. <laughs> I absolutely love that, Brett. You raised God, a million dollars. A million. I, it's like, wow. That is just so sensational. And I got to tell you something. God bless you for reaching well, out to one life into others, you, man. Wolfie, and, and you use the wrong word, you raised. We, well, I got gotcha. you. We raised, you know, our. Right. our, our Our community and our teammates and, you know, obviously our organization, uh, we're all a big family around here. And and it took took 10 years, but all of us working together and really just coming to watch uh, a shearing or a shaving or, you know, but for something good. And the kids would get up there and they'd talk about what they're going through, and it really put – you know, an emphasis on what we were doing, that it wasn't just uh, a haircut, that it was really meaningful and we could really make a difference. And, uh, you know, we all did it. Amazing. You know, uh, Brett, I I, I appreciate you staying in Pittsburgh uh, and your your involvement in the community. Uh, When did you decide to stay in Pittsburgh and not go home? Uh, well, the mountains of, you know, Wyoming were calling me. Yeah. I, I, I have a love for them that, that runs deep and I, I love going back there. I still have family back there. My brothers got cattle and horses back there and, you know, my, my in-laws, my wife's family still lives there. So we still go back a lot, uh, or did before, you know, all this COVID stuff. But um, it's something about Pennsylvania that I caught on to early on, and that was just the sense of community here. 
And uh, I noticed it right away everywhere I went. You know, Pittsburghers are just good, hardworking people, and we try and look out for one another. And that was a lot of the way our town was, you know, back in small-town Wyoming. And it was neat to see that you could get outside the city, too, and it was country. You know, they're hardworking farmers and people that work sun up to sun down to get food and dairy and all those things that we use every day but probably just take for granted because we get it in a store. But those are things that I love and respect, like that worker, hardworking mentality and that country life. And so I fell in love with it, you know, when I went out into the woods or I went to the Laurel Highlands or even when uh, you go up north into Elk County and those types of things. I just couldn't believe that those were out here on essentially like the eastern United States. And it just caught me. And then obviously when you get involved into a community and you buy a house and you live somewhere and the people within the community lift you up too and all those things the school system having the ability to go to the city and go to a concert or go to a show or go to a Steeler game or a penguin game or a pirate game ride your boat down the river and catch a hundred pound catfish i mean <laughs> there's so many cool things around here and that uh, and opportunities that i probably wouldn't have had you know in wyoming and so we wanted to raise our kids with those opportunities and and show them the diversity and the greatness of diversity around Pittsburgh. You got a boat? <laughs> I had one, you know. I had one. Once I uh, got the farm, I had to sell it. Yeah, so, you, know, you got to make decisions, you know. Yeah, the wife will always hit you with those. on the river with yeah. my shirt off and hair flowing in the wind. Yeah. And get to work up on the farm, yeah. <laughs> now, let me ask you something, brother. You got the four old Steelers. Uh, taking on the 4-1 and one Browns. How do you see this game playing out, my friend? Oh, it's going to be physical. You know, both these teams, I think the Browns think they're on to something and, you know, are, have really got a lot of momentum going and, and have been waiting for a critical matchup like this that is going to have playoff implications. So the Steelers, I think they learned, hopefully, uh, from the game last week that they can get offensive. They can put points on the board real quick. They got weapons, weapons, weapons. And, uh, you know, defense just got to eliminate the big play. Really controlled the Eagles, but couldn't eliminate the big play or the third down in the third and fourth quarter. So if they can do those things, I think, you know, they'll be able to control the Brownies up north. You know, one one of the things that you've got to stop the run uh, because they run yeah, the so. outside zone uh, very well, and uh, uh, and uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, he he is a good cutback runner. So, what what discipline does it take to stop the outside zone? Well, everyone in defense has got to be gap sound and that if it's run outside zone your safeties and corners and outside linebackers have got to be firm you have got to set the edge and because everything up front can be plugged up but if the edge is broken down or there are gaps there there will always be creases because there's room you know you get outside the hashes there's room to cut wide and if you got a speedy running back that can 
put his foot in the dirt and get north, even if it's clear down on the sideline, that's dangerous. And so your secondary and safeties and outside linebackers have really got to be stout. And that's what needs to happen, you know, against these outside zone teams. And really, we the Steelers, they did a good job against the run, aside from that big gash play that happened, you know, right in the second quarter I think last time so one of those plays can hurt you so it's just stick into the fundamentals from the start to the finish Brett we want to thank you for joining us in the locker room brother we love you it love was you, so brother. good to hear your voice God bless you yeah and all the good things that you've brought to this town and the great play and of course as a uh, man of integrity uh, we just uh Say tip of the cat to you, and we love you, bro. And a man of the year from the Mel Blunt Youth Home. There you go. Very good indeed. <laughs> tip of the cap to you guys, too. Keep up the good work, and thanks for having me back in the locker room. Right. I loved it. Oh, uh, well, right. not as much as we loved ha- having you here, brother. All right. Thank you so much, Brett. All Take right. Care. See you guys. All right. All right. Love you, buddy. All right. We're going to take a break. That was the diesel. Brett Kiesel. Brett Kiesel, the diesel. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, he is. He's a great guy. All right, we'll be back with Bruce Gradkowski on the other side.